What's going on, everybody? I'm Jeff St. Pierre, and this is episode 98 of the Adult Education Podcast. Now, this week, I'm speaking with author and plant-based warrior Jane Esselstyn. First of all, thank you so much for hanging out today. I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to my show. Adult Education is a fun project for me that I do out of the love of conversation and of learning. If you want to support me or the show, really the best way to do that is to leave a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, if you like what you hear in today's episode, please share it with your friends by all means, whether that's by telling people to listen or sharing via social media. Let the word spread about adult education. Welcome back uh, to you and to me, I suppose, as well. I'll talk more about my little hiatus in a future episode, but for now, I'll just say that I needed that break and I'm very excited to get back into the swing of things here. I did realize though that taking two months off from doing interviews definitely had an impact on my abilities here. I kind of struggled to get moving with this conversation today, but I do think we ultimately had a really good chat. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. Today, I'm chatting with Jane Esselstyn. She's a registered nurse and a plant-based woman warrior. I use that term specifically because she and her mom just put together a great um, cookbook, I guess we can call it, called Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior, Live Fierce, Stay Bold, Eat Delicious. If you're not familiar with the Esselstyn family, they've been a big voice in the whole food plant-based diet world, from Jane's dad, who's a doctor and helped inspire the family's eating habits, to her mom, Anne, who you can watch dancing around with full energy on their YouTube channel. They are living examples of the health benefits that can come from living a plant-based life. Now, I love this book. If you've been listening to adult education over the last couple of years, you know that I've dabbled in the plant-based world. I've removed dairy from my life and I've limited meat as a whole. Uh, I'm working to get back into a full plant-based diet, but I'm not quite there yet. I can say firsthand that I've seen the physical and health benefits that come with removing animal products from my diet. It truly is amazing what can happen. That's just the personal benefits. That doesn't even touch on the way limiting animal products would help save the environment from collapse. I don't have time to go into that today, so let's go ahead and just jump into my conversation with Jane Esselstyn. I want you to settle a debate for me, or at least let's try to settle this debate. The difference between plant-based and vegan, because I've been having this conversation with people, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody really has a great answer for that. Oh, well, vegan is sort of a philosophy. Like, you know, you want okay. leather belts and you, you know, you're very much like no honey, no, just, you know, you're really letting animals be wild, let them stay where they stay, which I, I feel like I'm vegan and plant-based, but vegans will in honor of not harming any animals, uh, you know, they might have potato chips and donuts and Coke or, and like these plant-based process things like impossible burgers or beyond burger or things that are very rich and processed because they have, there's no, there's no animals, which I think is great for the planet. Let's, let, let's heal the planet, you know, with the climate, with all the animal agriculture and ugh, all the nonsense we have going on there. That's awesome. We have to, I mean, there'll be no planet on which to be plant-based if we don't save it. So I'm all for vegans. I'm all for what their the effort is. I'm all for these different kinds of processed foods, but plant-based means that you're literally plant-based like we say whole food plant-based to just to distinguish because you know it's not you know eat a potato not potato chips um you know i i probably have some shoes that have leather in them and i probably have had them for 20 years and i didn't even think about it when i was getting them now they have vegan shoes and i can get those now so it's once more of a philosophy and sort of an art of thinking that way and plant-based is whole food plant-based, I really want to say, is how we eat. 
I know you work a lot with your mom and things, and you wrote this book with your mother as well. So have you always been plant-based, or is that something that you kind of got into at some point in life? That's a great question. Um, my father is a doctor, and he was a general surgeon at the Cleveland Clinic for a bazillion years, I mean, like 40 years. And being a breast cancer uh, surgeon and general surgeon and thyroid surgeon, he's just like, all I'm doing is carpentry. I'm just pulling these things out of people. I want to prevent them, which is a great way for a doctor to think. It's incredibly uh, noble, if you will. And so he went with uh, this, you know, he thought about it for a long, long time, like all kinds of research, especially epidemiological research, looking at, you know, what happens around the globe in cultures. He found that eating no meat and no dairy and no oil that's the trickiest one for people, tends to show no disease, lust disease, or the lifestyle-related diseases, if you will, uh, not diseases of abundance, which we tend to suffer from in the, in the States especially. The standard American diet is so rich. We have heart disease and type 2 diabetes and obesity and fatty liver and high blood pressure, just things that are very much in our control mm. and um, versus diseases like infections and TB, things that are, you know, not diseases of abundance. And so you asked me, sorry, your question was, how do we get on to it? My father theory got going then. And my mom just picked up the mantle and said, okay, we're eating this way. Here we go. She had four kids, full-time job. He had a, my dad had a full-time job and we're all these crazy, like nationally ranked athletes. And we're like, what, what are we eating now? So we all just went with it and it's stuck. And here we are four years later, 40 years later, almost. And there's 20 of us now in our family, three generations deep who eat this way. So 40 years later, so this is kind of interesting to me because I feel like the plant-based idea or the idea of plant-based is fairly new for a lot of people. Like that phrase, I can think back maybe three or four years the first time that I really heard that phrase start to come out in popular culture. Obviously, you guys have been working with it a lot longer, but it's interesting to me that it's been around but it just kind of finally seems to be taking hold for people. Yeah, it somehow got out of its own little subculture and into the broader culture. I think, honestly, a lot has to do with the climate. Mm. And a lot has to do with people understanding we're getting more compassionate towards animals, you know, which is great. And it actually is really helpful for your pocketbook, which is kind of an issue right now for lots of people. So no matter what angle you're coming from, this seems to be sort of this this universal solution of sorts for people. If it's your health, if it's your pocketbook, if it's your compassion for the other creatures, and if it's your hope for the planet for your you know generations to come, this is a really nice way, path forward. Um, we've been on this for a while. And 40 years ago, we certainly did not call it plant-based. Sure. Colin, Colin Campbell out of Cornell, he's the one we need to thank for that term um, and its popular, popular usage. Um, we just said, okay, we're not, we're eating no, no meat, no dairy, no oil, no added fat or sugar. So although it was this wobbly, wobbly thing. But, and when plant-based came around, we're like, boom, that's a better way to say it. It is fascinating the way that food can impact your health. And I, I've been going down this road a little bit over the last few years myself. I had a doctor that recommended um, that I stop eating all dairy products and um, I, I, I tested everything. I was not lactose intolerant, but I gave it a shot and I found I've had asthma my entire life. I mean, I can count on one hand how many times I use my inhaler over a six month period of no dairy where I was using it almost every single day. Like I found the, I found such a massive impact that it was having for my health. 
that I've essentially get, gotten rid of it with, you know, the exception of the occasional cheating of a slice of pizza once in a while. I've essentially gotten rid of it from my diet altogether. And it is it is fascinating. Even on those days when I do cheat, if you will, I can feel it. Like, I feel the cheating the next day. And I'm like, oh, that moment where I was like, oh, man, I really wanted a piece of pizza. Was it worth this feeling the next day? And I usually come back with the no. It was not worth this feeling. That's so interesting. Jeff, thank you for sharing that. Like, it is. Nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. I know. You know? That's what I say. And it is astounding how you get the message. The messages come home like, oh, you ate this. And then boom, the next day it hits you. I mean, it immediately doesn't hit you unless you have like an anaphylactic reaction. But you have a low level reaction going on. And I would pay heed to that because you don't want your joints, your knees, your hips, your spine to, to feel that way. And then they get you know locked up as you age. Because we get so many emails and messages messages from people saying, I can't believe how good I feel. My knees have never, I, they, they don't ache. What is this? What is this magic, you know, panacea, this cure-all that was plant-based? And we don't know because we've been eating this way for so long. We don't have, we haven't lost 80 pounds. We haven't felt, you know, like, oh, I can't move to, oh my gosh, I'm doing triathlons. You know, we haven't felt that. And we're scared, scared to veer from this path because it feels so good. I mean, my mom, I don't know if you saw, we have a YouTube channel. I don't know if you've seen our YouTube I channel. haven't watched it yet. No, I'm sorry. Okay. Chop, chop. We have 170 videos <laughs> all, about, all about whole food plant-based eating. And my mom, she's 87. And the, the YouTube channel, by the way, is called Jane Esselstyn, my name. And it's oddly popular. I mean, here we are, two white-haired white women talking about plants. What could be more like dull sounding? But it is a riot because of my mom. She's a pistol. She's my daily dose of hell yeah. I mean, we live next door to each other. And I probably mentioned that she's just active as can be, running yoga, chopping, cooking, prepping, hauling trees around, planting her garden. She's nonstop. And I want I want that. I mean, and I'm no medication at 87. It's wonderful. I, I do think that too. I became a dad a couple of years ago and that was like one of those moments where I was like, man, I want to be around as long as I possibly can for this kid. Like I want my daughter to experience life with me. I want to experience her life with her. So I need to make sure I'm making the right decisions. And it, it's, it is interesting too, because you were kind of talking about how, you know, we're, we're sort of in this culture where we've always been taught to eat one particular way, or like, that's the way to go. And people are so militant with that idea. They're so steadfast. I did a campaign with that organization switch for good, um, oh, which you just talked from. Oh, did you really? Okay, great. I, I love Dotsie. She's fantastic. Oh, they're great. Both of them, uh, Doxy and Alexandra. I haven't worked with Alexandra. I work with Dotsy primarily, um, but I've listened to their podcast before. But I remember doing commercials for them in my local market in Baltimore, Maryland, and I was getting hate mail from people. I mean, people were calling the radio station, threatening to come by and cause physical harm to me. Like, we were getting letters. I mean, who writes letters anymore anyway? And we were getting handwritten, angry letters at the radio station. It's fascinating to me how militant people get about stuff like this. They are so hardcore into the messaging of, you know, glass of milk for breakfast and whatever, whatever the, you know, the, the food messaging is that they can't even begin to think about trying something different like this. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, we get all kinds of pushback, but we kind of ignore it because of who wants to invest in sure back. Yeah. That's amazing. People do, we do get sort of stuck in our ways and it is amazing when you, if you are open-minded and open hard enough to be open mouthed and try this, it, it's, uh, 
It's a wonderful switcheroo. Well, Jane, uh, we haven't said the name of the book yet. The book is Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior, Live Fierce, Stay Bold, and Eat Delicious. So uh, I want to start with one thing here about this book being very based for women, but there's still so much in here that anybody can grab from it. So let me ask you this. Aside from the fact that you are a woman and that you and your mother have done so great with all these YouTube videos and all of your messaging over the years, what's the main message that you said, we need to write this book for women? You know what? If I said be a plant-based man warrior, you know, live fierce, stay bold, eat delicious, the same people would have purchased it, women. Because mm. men don't do a lot of buying a cookbook. So I could have called it for whoever. But anybody, anybody, no matter how you identify, no matter, no matter how you're, you're bodied, you are welcome to use this book and cook from this book. The reason I chose to do this for women, as I mentioned earlier, this is a tip of the hat to my mom because mm. she picked up this mantle and ran with it back then. And I want to be like her, be a plant-based woman warrior. Go be like Anne. Check out her birthday video on Instagram, a million hits on her, just her doing her thing. People cannot get enough of her 87-year-old activity. It's awesome. Um, but anyway, so my mom for sure, and I have three reasons why. Second one is that, the majority of humans on earth who think about, do the mental labor of thinking about food, preparing food, serving food, shopping for food are women. Not everybody. I know that there's plenty of men, like my husband's a way better cook than I am, but uh, the the majority are women. So this is sort of a, a nudge to like, hey, the pickle that we're in with our health situation now is kind of been made by us in in the name of love. We've gotten into these habits of that are greasy and cheesy and meaty and rough on the planet and rough on the pocketbook and rough on our bodies. So we, let's be fierce, let's be strong, let's be bold, let's serve up more plants. And we can be in control of the health outcomes of so many. And I mean, health outcomes is such a ugh, boring term, but like, I really want people to not, not even think about their health every day, like to not even be aware of it. I don't think about my health every day. I feel so lucky to be unburdened by the worry or the, of disease or the the burden of weight or, you know or too much weight or the burden of of anything that's food related and especially like in america being born a female this is the i'm going way into this now jeff i hope you don't no it's okay so please as a as a woman like i have three brothers like i said and all four of us freakishly were nationally ranked swimmers growing up mm. like how often you usually have like a cheerleader and a druggie and a athlete and a <laughs> computer whiz. We had four swimmers in our family and we all swam for our universities. We all were ranked nationally. So I'm swimming for the University of Michigan, this crazy fit, healthy uh, swimmer. And I don't like what's happening to my body. Like I'm getting curves and I don't know why I'm, you know, why is this happening to my body? And I don't identify with it. Like I'm this nationally ranked athlete, like one of the fastest backstroke times in the nation in this year. Da, 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 da. And it feels like it's lifetimes ago. Um, and I'm thinking about what am I going to eat today? What, what can I eat? Because I have to train and, and I have to go to class and I've had to, I don't fit my pants. Like, oh, like just my whole world just got to be just this crushing thoughts about food and identity and, and what I had to do as a person. I knew that my brothers weren't thinking for a microsecond, for, for one moment about what they were eating, what they had to wear, what they were, how could they train? Did they have enough food to train? None of that. But luckily, right at that moment when I was a freshman, at University of Michigan, training and swimming, boom, this plant-based approach landed in our family's lap. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't like meat anyway. I never liked meat, which is weird. I mean, lots of people don't like dairy, which is, you know, lucky them. 
um, it's an advantage, a total advantage sets them sure. ahead. Um, <clears throat> so I sort of went this route, you know, cutting out all the oil and greasy stuff and the dairy and, you know, phew, no more meat. It felt great. And, you know, big 10 champ, NCAAs, da, 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 here we hey. go. Um, and it felt great. And I honestly have been the same size since basically college. Mm. And it's so wonderful to like, not think or worry about that aspect of being a woman, being a human, being so much time is wasted on that stuff by so many people I know and love. And it's a wonderful burden to not have. So anyway, so be a plant-based woman warrior for bazillion reasons and plants powerfully support women above and below the belt. I I also hadn't really thought about this before and I'm no expert by any means, but I've done quite a bit of research on plant-based and different diets that are out there. I never thought about um, cholesterol, that the only dietary source of cholesterol is from animal products. Like I I never thought about that before. And I was looking through your book and I saw that. I was like, get out of here. I've never seen that in anything else. That is wild. You know why I include that fact in there? And they, I'm, I'm glad they made a box out of it. Yeah. Or, you know, or you're looking, it's like a visual, uh, you know, a thing, graphic, is I had an intern one year and he, you know, was this senior in high school, Okay, vegan internship. Here we go. Plant based. Here we go. Cha cha. I was like, great. Let's just start with some facts. Like, what's the one source of cholesterol in the world? He's like, oh, easy, candy. And I was like, no, candy probably doesn't have any cholesterol, believe it or not. I mean, some would that have milk chocolate in them, maybe. But I'm like, no, none. He's like, well, wait. Well, then where's cholesterol? So it's one source. It only comes from animals. We, every single cell in our body is made of cholesterol. That's why we have a baseline cholesterol because you need it, Jeff. I need it. We all need it. Our liver makes it and it makes absolutely the amount we need. So if we stop eating meat and dairy and all these things, we're going to be making the amount we need. If you're on a cholesterol lowering med, it it doesn't let you make your own cholesterol or it cleaves the enzyme. I could be getting this wrong, but then whose cholesterol are you making your body with? Oh, that egg that you ate, mm. chicken that you ate, and the burger from Jack in the Box that you ate. Like, I, I don't want to be made of that cholesterol. I want to be made of my own cholesterol. And all your own cells are then making your body with the cholesterol two by fours that it makes from your own liver. Somebody listening may get mad at me and be like, think that I'm an idiot. But like, I guess we're just always taught about how cholesterol is bad. Uh, You know, like high cholesterol is always bad. You never really learn so much about where it comes from, though. You just always think if you're an unhealthy person, if you have an unhealthy diet, that you're going to have high cholesterol. But you're never really taught in those health classes at high school or wherever where the cholesterol is coming from. It's just bad diet. That's all you ever hear. The things that we need to hear about in school, we don't hear about. We need to hear about how to have healthy relationships. We need to hear about sex i'm a i'm a middle school sex ed teacher so we need to talk about how to be a sexual being how to have a positive healthy Mm -hmm. sex life as an adult i'm not saying i'm saying have a positive healthy sex life period and how to take care of ourselves financially but back to the food thing yes dietary cholesterol you've heard that term haven't you yes yes that is the cholesterol you get from your diet you have a baseline, which is your Jeff cholesterol, and then there's dietary, which is what you can you can control that. You can have that not come in your mouth. So something else uh, that I love that you pointed out in your book is about how uh, being a plant-based woman warrior is also being in a community. And I've found 
from what I've done or what I've worked with in the plant-based community is that it is a community. Like if you talk to people about being plant-based, they're all in. Like you become a part of this family. I remember I, for about a year, I was plant-based and then the pandemic hit, then my wife got pregnant and excuses, 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 whatever. I kind of fell off of it. But when I fell off of it, I felt ashamed to tell these people that I wasn't plant-based anymore because I was like, this is like my new family and now I'm no longer a part of it. And I like actually felt really heartbroken. <laughs> oh, I can totally see why. We're like a, we're like a happy tribe of people. Um, I don't know who's more sort of uh, vehement about expressing their identity around it. Maybe maybe Bitcoin people, but like somebody who's <laughs> totally uh, um, primary focus, obsessed with like, oh, it's just such good stuff, and I feel so good, and I'm bursting with energy. I mean, so much so that I actually started a camp called Well Now Camp. Well Now, because all these plant-based, and it's, for, it's a camp for plant-based women warriors. And if it keeps doing really well, we'll have it for men as well. But the reason I started it is because so many plant-based people feel so good. They, I don't know the right term, but they feel, they outfeel good their friends. Sure. Like their friends, oh, listen, Elizabeth, I, I, my, my connectic is going, is we're hurting and you go ahead to the camp and. You're going to go hiking and run around and drag tires. My mom runs around dragging a tire behind her. Like I, she has a, a belt on with a rope to a tire and she runs with that. We did that at camp. It was a blast. So fun. But you would have so much energy. Like I don't drink coffee or anything. I would be on the ceiling if I did. Because uh, you just have a lot of good energy. Your cells are cranking and working and feeling good. So yes, of course, we always want to talk about it. The two things that I found that were the most difficult for me when I was trying to transition to a plant-based diet. One, if you've been eating unhealthily or you've been eating the sort of traditional American diet for most of your life, your body, the chemicals in your body, they change. They kind of your whole the way everything works just changes. So when you try to give up things like dairy or certain sugars, like your body doesn't really want you to. Like your brain is telling you, hey, wait a minute. Like I want that back. There, there's a certain, I hate to use this term because I feel like it makes people think of drugs instead, but like there's a certain withdrawal that your body goes through when you're trying to cleanse it from all of those things. And that's not fun. Like I did it, it was not fun for me for the first couple of weeks of trying to get rid of all. All this stuff. That's such a great point. It's, I'm so glad that you that you brought that up because not many people understand what's going on. It, you you thought your brain wanted it because like your tongue doesn't care. Your tongue's just like, oh yeah, this tastes good, yeah. but it doesn't. Your brain tells you, hmm, gives you messages, and that message your brain is getting comes, believe it or not, from your gut, mm. comes from your microbiome in your your colons where this bacteria live. I'm sure you've heard of people taking prebiotics and biotics and probiotics and all this stuff. <clears throat> but um, that's to feed the microbiome and the microbiome in your gut. What it mostly wants is what it got bazillion years ago, which is this like um, the best form of fiber, which comes from plants. And um, I would refer to ugh, Dr. Will Bolshevitz or Dr. Robin oh, yeah. Shutkin, amazing doctors who do this research because I've had them present at my conferences and I'm blown away, but they talk about the microbiome like it is this Atlantis within us that is, it drives our immune system and our immune system's function. And so if you feed yourself good, healthy food, like let's say you have oatmeal with kale in the morning, let's just, just theoretically, and, you've, and your microbiome's like, oh, yum, 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 this is great, this is great, this is great. So the next morning, that bacteria is like, hey, in order for us to thrive, we want that same food. So you're like, oh yeah, more of that kale and oatmeal, yum, 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 yum. If, okay, let's put that aside. 
let's say your bacteria in your gut is used to having a donut, a Pop-Tart and a Coke for breakfast. So it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Meanwhile, this, this, these bacteria are not great for your immune system. It's like burning bad, bad fuel. Whereas the, the bacteria that break down fibrous foods like oatmeal and kale or plants, they are really helpful at making short chain fatty acids, which feed your immune system and make you have just function so much better and, you know, not inflamed, not inflamed and all that stuff. So what's happening, what you identified is your gut, your microbiome is used to eating. Just give me some examples of some stuff that you ate that were, sh- that the, of or just make I it- was a pretty straight meat and potatoes kind of guy. You know what I mean? Like cheeseburgers, whatever, chicken, like uh, the, the standard, like meat and potatoes idea kind of thing. So the microbiome in your gut that has to digest that stuff is the bacteria that can break down cheeseburgers and, you know, potatoes and, and steak and um, sausage, just to go with it, their milkshakes. That bacteria doesn't want to die. It wants to keep breaking down and living and having stuff. So it's like, hey, 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 Jeff, Jeff, another milkshake, another more fries, more. And so you're fighting bacteria that want you to feed it. You're not fighting your body. Your body's okay. Your tongue's okay. Your brain's okay. You're fighting your gut. So the sooner you could put more good stuff in, the sooner you'll crave it because literally this bacteria in your gut sends the message. This has been a very visual display of this. I'm sorry, this is only on radio. (laughs) No, it's good. It's good. I think you explained it very well. My other thing that made it difficult for me is I think the average person knows how to, say, prepare a burger or prepare some chicken or whatever, like in some capacity, they know how to make it. But when it comes to trying to transition to more plants, I didn't know off the top of my head how to prepare chickpeas. You know, I don't, I didn't have, or tofu, like I didn't have that knowledge in my brain. So it was always easier just to go straight back to like, oh, well, I got some ground beef in the fridge. I'll throw that together and make tacos or whatever. But instead, like I could have been having black bean tacos or something, you know, so I I feel like I love your book and books like this because it does lay it out and it's not that difficult. You know, like there's so many great, easy recipes and I love the bowls too. And this is a, a, for me personally, because it's kind of like throw everything inside of a bowl and eat it. And it's very easy to prepare. That's exactly what it is. Have a great sauce and you're off to the races. Jeff, if you asked me to make ground beef or a burger or a chip, I'd be like, oh my gosh, I have no idea where to begin. <laughs> I need my biohazard suit. I need new dishes. I need to have antibiotics. And that spray, I don't even know where to begin. I would be, my hard drive would be overwhelmed trying to transition to meat if I had to eat that. So it's actually kind of what you're familiar with doing and making tofu we have a whole tutorial section in there, like a tempeh, yeah. here's how you do it. And it's so easy. There's nothing, you, you don't have to, have to clean a cutting board. It's just, everything's done and done. And chickpeas are just like beef. You just ground them up and cook them how you want them. Season them how you would meat, smash them, make them into hummus, doesn't matter. It's kind of a trick question when people put out uh, cookbooks or it's not just a cookbook, but it is my favorite. Don't you dare. Uh, that's what I was going to do. You don't have a favorite anything in here that you would be like, hey, what are you having for dinner tonight? How many kids do you have? How many kids do you have? I have one kid. So that's easy to say. That's your yep, favorite. She's kid. my favorite. It's easy. <laughs> I have three kids. There's no favorite. Don't lie to me. There's a favorite. <laughs> no, not at all. Your heart has room for everybody. You know, the, the sections of the book all were such a blast to do. My mom would say her warrior oats are her favorite because she's had it every morning and it's where it makes her just be bounce like a rubber ball every day. Um, I like, I love the bowl section, but the bowl sections I'll have within them. We have a great sauce and a tempeh or a tofu. Mm. 
when we were making the book, I think, oh, but did I mention to you that we we did we want to make sure we were on the right track? We had seven breakfasts, eight lunches, nine desserts, and 44, sorry, nine dinners and 44 desserts. <laughs> so making this for women, we were knew we were on the right track. So we had to choose all these different desserts. Um, but I have to tell you, the pant, plant-based gelato is such a tempting one. Okay. I, I don't make it often because it's so good. I eat it all. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. That is My something... husband's ricotta lasagna. I would, I would march across the country to eat it. Um, there's so many good things. Barbecue pulled portobello sliders. Oh, there's regatta salad is awesome. I'm just, I'm looking at a list of recipes right now. Hickory smokehouse hummus. That's a winner on. Sounds and, delicious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got a lot of go. I got a lot in here to go through and a lot of things to plan here in the next few weeks to try some of these recipes. I would love to hear how they go for you. I, I will let you know. I'll, I will uh, look you up on social media and I'll let you know how it all goes. Awesome. Um, well, Oh gosh, the scones, the amaretto cherry chocolate hazelnut scones. I just saw that. Oh, they those are really, really easy. And you don't have to put all the yeah. cherries in if you don't want to, or the hazelnuts. Just go with chocolate chips or go with raisins, whatever you like. But they are so easy and good. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I it, would, it all sounds so good. I would eat those every day. <laughs> and I gotta be careful with this dessert section. I gotta be a, a little bit cautious how much of this I make because it'll just I be us we, eating dessert all the time. I know it is like we have like 36 different options of dessert, which that's a lot, but it's also really good. Really good. Well, there's great stuff in here. Uh, Jane Esselstyn, the book is called Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior, Live Fierce, Stay Bold, Eat Delicious. Uh, such a pleasure talking to you. I, I can't wait to dive into these recipes. If there's a, Is there a place people can go to if they want to find out more about you or follow along with what's going on with you guys? Great. For, thank you for asking. Um, we do have, my website is janeesselstyn.com, J-A-N-E-E-S-S-E-L-S-T-Y-N.com. And there we have information about our events coming up and um, also just any other news of what's going on around research. And um, we have our link to our YouTube channel, which is at YouTube. Just look up Jane Esselstyn channel. And I'm on Instagram, we're Jane underscore Esselstyn underscore RN because I'm a nurse RN. Jane, uh, such a pleasure talking to you. I really appreciate all of your work, you know, putting all this together and just spreading the message uh, so people can understand the health benefits and just the benefits in general to uh, trying a plant-based life. Thank you. And we didn't even get below the belt. So you go below the belt with that section and I'll come back and talk to you more about it because there'll be plenty to talk about, Jeff. I think we're going to have to do that. We'll have to do a follow-up here at some point. <laughs> yes, you're the best. You're the best. Thanks so much. All right, Jane. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you to Jane Estelston for her time today. The book, Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior, Live Fierce, Stay Bold, Eat Delicious is out now and it's full of great recipes and advice. And thank you to all of you for checking out this episode and for sticking with me after my little hiatus. I really do appreciate you. Be well.